What is the process of changing ministry? That is the question discussed on this episode of ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome to our podcast, ReChurch, where we talk about everything about church, revitalization, renewal, refocus. And today I have Bruce McAllister back with us. Bruce is a familiar guest here on the podcast. Bruce, welcome back. Thank you, Marsh. Bruce has been uh, 40 years in ministry, uh, mainly associated with Bob Jones University, helping pastors all around the world and training them and counseling them. And so today's uh, podcast is actually a follow-up to a podcast we did earlier on how do I know I should change ministry. So this, Bruce, I want us to concentrate on the nuts and bolts, okay, the process. So where do we start? So what would be your, your counsel to men? Okay, we understand God may be moving us. It may be a change of ministries, location, churches, mm-hmm. all this. Yeah. But there's some right ways to do that, and there's some wrong ways. There's yeah. some ways to yeah. do it where you can leave a ministry, you know, without many hardships. You can go to a ministry, but there's some practical considerations, yeah. right? Exactly. So if you would okay. uh, take the next few minutes okay. and tell us your advice to men and their wives as, as they're considering now changing ministry, so what's the process? Okay. Well, very likely the Lord is going to use other people to put you in touch with ministries that say need a pastor. And my experience is that oftentimes there, there is a natural connection. It kind, of a, kind of a word of mouth. Yeah, it's someone who knows you and knows you're available and looking, who knows this church or knows someone who knows this church. And the Lord providentially puts you all in touch with one another. And, you know, that, that connection is important. Sometimes it's cold turkey where you just didn't know them, they didn't know you. Uh, but oftentimes there's a connection. This kind of implies or underscores the the importance of pastors not living in isolation. Okay. Loner pastors kind of scare me anyway, just in general, but there are some like that. But I would encourage men generally, even apart from this discussion, to just cultivate good relationships with pastors, and not, not merely just locally, but in the state, in the nation, and cultivate relationships with leaders of Christian organizations. Um, And that's important for the wives, too. It is. I mean, if you get isolated, the chances of discouragement setting in are pretty high. That's right. right? So that advice is well said. So, again, just the practical of people that know you, know your church, know your giftedness, that may know of other churches looking yeah. with a similar philosophy, That's right. right? That's right. Okay, so keep That's going to help us. Yeah, so you need, you need that, call it what you will, but networking, all right? And it's not self-serving networking. It's just you're praying for other men. You're praying for other ministries. You're staying in touch. You're going to pastor conferences. Now, to me, what I think are some of the best contact points when you begin to make a transition would be evangelist, but because they move in and out of churches and know the needs. Um, oddly enough, perhaps uh, mission board directors. Right. They are 
you know, their lifeblood is local churches, and so they are in a position to know and make recommendations. Christian camps, Christian camp directors, particularly mature ministries where you have a seasoned director that understands church it's relations. Known the churches for a long yeah, time. Oh, yeah. Especially specific yeah. churches and the tendencies of right. churches and the tendencies of us that's, pastors. That's right. right. Okay. That's right. So they're, the churches are moving in and out of the camps, especially the year-round year type mm-hmm. camps is what I'm thinking primarily. Christian colleges and seminaries uh, oftentimes have some type of formal or informal pastoral search uh, program. So if they have a, a so-called placement director or a person in charge of that office. Now I've done that here at Bob Jones for uh, around 30 years. Actually, if you count uh, helping my predecessor some with it, it's been a long time. Been you know pushing 40 years I've worked with with church staffing issues. So we're very glad to serve the needs of our graduates in this process. So in most schools are. So before that ever happens, at what point do you get an up-to-date resume? Because a lot of us, you know, our yep. resumes are pitiful and not been updated. <laughs> so yep. talk to you about, okay. you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to promote yourself. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how would you, what do you do with the resume, biographical information? How right. do you handle right. it? Right. Okay. So you need to think in terms of preparing a nice introductory packet on yourself, your wife, your family, and your, you know, who you are. So what I recommend to guys, if they're going to do it right, is to actually probably get some professional help in the sense of uh, at least someone who is professional editor or good in that to review the documents once they're done. So I recommend this, a nice cover letter, two, three paragraphs, friendly, just kind of upbeat, and we're seeking uh, God's will for the next phase in our ministry. We, we want God's best for all the churches, and so... We're just letting it be known. So a nice, friendly cover letter. Um, then a resume, professionally done well, on good paper, if you know what I'm saying, good bonded paper. It's all they know about you is the impression that's coming through this right. document. So Bruce, if they're doing this electronically, we need a professional photograph. We don't yeah. want a selfie yeah. with just you and your wife. You yeah. want something done right yeah. to give a exactly. proper portrayal yeah. of your family. Is that yeah. true? I, I absolutely. I mean, not a recreational shot, not a romantic shot where the wife's arms are all wrapped around the husband. I see that one come through once in a while. While, you know, you're glad for a warm, romantic relationship. This is a professional People can shot. interpret that in different ways. You know, here's a wife who's clinging over her husband or something. And we're glad they yeah. love each other. This is not the shot for that. That's right. So okay. do a nice shot. Um, and then I like to recommend a guy do a biographical profile. That's different than a resume. A biographical profile on himself and on his wife to a lesser degree in terms of volume. But this is telling their life story. This is about my salvation, my call to the ministry, my preparation for ministry, my heart for ministry, right. the things that I love doing in ministry. Here's my wife, similar, salvation, how we came together, uh, perhaps something about the children, and her heart for ministry as well. And maybe he would have a, a page, page and a half, single-spaced. Maybe there would be a half page or something like that for the wife. And again, maybe in that setting, a family photo. A resume is a cold, factual document. It's important, right. but but then having a biographical profile. And you could send one and then follow up with the other or send them at the same time to the and so church. So while you're doing this, you need a print version as well as an electronic version, right? 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. My old-fashioned ways would say, whatever you do, if you do things electronically, do send hard copy of the same to the church. Because committees are going to go at this differently, and there's a generational gap in how people forward things around or not send things around. So I would okay. be sure to do a hard copy at a minimum. Now, the doctrinal statement is important. I would not recommend sending a doctrinal statement as a first step, unless they ask for it. I wouldn't do that. And I would be careful in one's doctrinal statement to not say things that are yellow flags and red flags. Some twist of statement, some nuance that could be misinterpreted as being hyper about this or that. I would keep it a... um, you know, at some point in the conversation, you bring out your finer doctrinal nuances. Right. But uh, not at this but point. But not in, they need to get comfortable with you and uh, your family first before worrying about those kind of things. So a doctrinal statement at some point, and they're not always going to ask for that. They're going to send you their doctrinal statement and ask for agreement, but whatever. So that's going to take a little while to get all that together. So once this is done, the process, okay. I don't know if I like the word candidating, I don't know if I like yep. the whatever proper yep. interviews, however right. you want to right. do this. Right. I'm technically, we call it a right. candidating yep. process. We understand. Let me just add one other point to, the, sure. to that other section we just talked about. A man needs to provide something like three to five references of people that this church can call. So in contact information with those references, the significance of who this reference is, why mm-hmm. is this person's name here? And I'm talking about Normally not merely friends, usually not relatives. We're talking about people that are also pastors or ministers. All right, so with that, if I'm the person thinking God's moving me, and I'll use you as a reference, just as a point of integrity, I should call That's you ahead right. of time. Exactly. And say, okay. Bruce, is it okay That's if right. I use you as That's a right. reference? Yes. Right? Yes. So we want to do that up front That's right. before the person's name goes That's on right. the sheet. That's right. Okay. So having the references and including those in the documents that you send so people can do due diligence. Now, that's a whole larger conversation about what the church should be doing to do due diligence, but the man should make it easy for them, not hard for them to do that. So again, I'm interviewing Bruce McAllister on really what is the process of changing ministry. And so we just covered some of the practical considerations and now a little bit we want to jump into the process of candidating. How does it work? What should a man and his wife be prepared for? So, Bruce, pick it up with that. Okay, so let's say now you've been getting your resume out to some Christian leader friends, and and so now you're three months, six months down the road, and by God's grace, at some point, hopefully a church will show interest in your possibly being considered. So they'll start a conversation between you and their search committee. Perhaps it will be their deacons or elders, but it may be a separate search committee that's made up of uh, sometimes includes some ladies on the search committee because of the woman's viewpoint and wanting to vet the pastor's wife, that kind of thing. So so that right there, once you connect with the church, it can take several months of conversation. They might have other people under serious consideration, but they don't want to, you know what I'm saying? So there's, sure. there's a lot of unknown things that are going on. Uh, I advise guys to go ahead when they're interested in a church and express that interest through the mail to begin with, and then maybe with a follow-up phone call. To the key contact. To the key contact. That gives them an opportunity to say, hey, I'm a live person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I be of any help? Do you need more information? Don't push hard, just inquire. And it may give the 
church that you're looking at the opportunity, that key person, to say, actually, we have a man coming to candidate this weekend, and we think it's probably going to go forward. So that way, the guy, the candidate, prospective candidate, doesn't get his hopes up unduly that this could be it. Yeah, and let me just throw something in, because you and I both work with churches looking for pastors. Most churches don't look for pastors every day. And a lot of churches oh, yeah. just don't know how to do it. That's right. a separate podcast. That's right. So to our men that are looking, be patient That's because right. yep. churches, sh- well, they shouldn't be looking for pastors every year. Yeah. So this is yeah. it's new to them. They may not know how to communicate right. back to That's you. That's right. Separate yeah. podcast, yeah. separate topic, yeah. but I just wanted to yeah. throw that in to be patient. That's with right. Them. And we get complaints from both sides in our church staffing services. You know, the men aren't communicating, the churches aren't communicating, but we have no control over that at all. And so we just would encourage both parties to be communicating in the process. But the man's usually going to be waiting on information coming from the church. So One other other thing in today's world, as he's doing his resume or uh, biographical sketching, with the internet today, shouldn't there be, he lists a couple of sermons where those sermons yep. can be found? Yep. Only if they're really good, though. Okay, say that and again. Only <laughs> if they're really good. And if a church wants you to send them a, a CD or in some form a sample sermon, you send one that is your best. And I'm not saying pretend to be something you're not. You say, well, I'm just going to send them an everyday sermon. No, they're expecting you to put your best foot forward. Yeah. And if they go to sleep in the first five or ten minutes listening to that, you can forget about all the resumes and stuff. You're done. So maybe have another third party or two listen to it to be sure this is a message that people that don't know you at all are going to appreciate. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yep. Okay. We've got a few minutes here to wrap up the practical considerations here on uh, the process. So what else? Okay. Uh, so you, so a church says, okay, we're interested in you. We want you. Usually they're going to say, we want you to come and just preach at our church. I mean, this is after you've probably met with them, maybe at a neutral site. They may have come to visit you where you are. They may come visit the church that you're pastoring. That's what, that's another conversation, but it's a little tricky because mm-hmm. churches can smell out pulpit committee showing up to, yes, bet, to take can. their pastor away. So anyway, um, they say, hey, we want you to come preach. So usually it's going to be just pulpit supply, just preach. They may have a private conversation with you and your wife, but that's not the candidating visit. That's a pre-candidating visit. Then, if things go well, they may well say, all right, we want you to come and candidate. And churches will vary as to what that process involves. Sometimes it'll be, Constitution may require a minimum of four sermons preached, which would probably mean two Sundays. And I think you can work it out. You'd probably be there two Sundays and the whole week in between. Because you're about to move your family and commit yourself to many years of ministry in that location. So let me back up one second. So when you submit your resume and everything, would it be good to ask for a church constitution? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. You should be checking them out. You can check them out through, again, contacting evangelists or Christian leaders that know the church. And uh, just asking them for... Sure, so you go that one Sunday or two Sundays, you either pulpit supply or you come back. All right, so let me ask you another question. One of the keys is keeping your heart stable during all this yeah. and not allowing you to automatically become the pastor of this church yeah. when we still got another ministry yeah. going on, yeah. right? Wow, yeah. That's a balancing um, act. And I mean, once you do this, if you go to this church, level, yeah. it's a very small world. It's yeah. going to be almost impossible to keep it totally, so to speak, hidden from your current really? church that you're over here. 
Now, occasionally, so you men. At this point, you need to be ready to leave that church. Yeah, you need to realize that the dynamics are, yeah. have changed, and more than likely. And uh, don't get up and announce you're candidating in another church, but your leadership probably needs to know that you're doing that and to, right. to keep your integrity back. Yeah, all right. So all the, the word around. integrity that yeah. means a lot. Is often heard it said, nobody remembers how you came. Everybody remembers how you leave. Yeah, there you okay. go. <laughs> so your reputation when you leave, yeah. you need to leave as much as you can yeah. in a good relationship right. with the leadership, yeah. with people. Any any final comments? That's probably another whole podcast. Yeah. But any, <laughs> anything else here as we wrap up this session on? Well, if, if the candidating visit goes well, then more than likely that church is going to have a vote mm-hmm. within a week. I'd say two weeks at the most. Right. Sometimes they'll vote that very night at the end of the second Sunday, if you're preaching two Sundays. And then your the Constitution is probably going to require 75%. Yeah, 80 percent, 85, something like that. Again, that's another big conversation. The man would love to get 90 percent or more. The church is going to have a bare minimum. Right. Then you have to weigh what this means. If a man gets a 90 percent vote, that's a good indication that the way is clear for a good ministry. Uh, if it's when it drops into the 60s, uh, and 70s, you mm, half the church. No, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're treading yeah, up thin ice. Yeah. And that's where people can call you and just walk through these yeah. things or call me and be happy to help them. Right, yeah. But I think you've done a great job in laying out the framework on this. Uh, anything else? I know you've always just said complete your ministry on a positive right. note, right. finish yeah. strong, right? Yeah. That's I mean, right. You've gotten attached to people. You don't realize sometimes how attached people are to you. You've been their voice of counsel. You've been giving them the word of God. So that's, like you say, in on a very positive. It's going to take you a month or two or three or something like that to transition to this new church, depending on all the dynamics. So close out well. Don't do any stomach punches at people as you leave. Naturally, human relationships aren't perfect. But try not to do that. Hopefully they won't do that to you. And leave on a high note. Leave positively. Sianka's book talks about that on Before You Move. And there are a lot of good sources on the Internet that people can just search for in general, yeah. uh, even articles. And, and then, like I say, if anybody wants to call us, we'd be glad. Yeah, and I just want to close with this. I think if, if you're changing ministries, you need to be far enough away from the ministry you're leaving where people yeah. can't drive to come there. Probably so. If yeah. you really have an under-shepherd's yeah. heart, you yeah. don't want to split the sheep. Right. Well, I would really warn men, because I've seen it over and over, where you go take a church five miles away, mm-hmm. and that causes a hardship yeah. that really creates hardship. That's right. And that's not the that's way it right. should be. No, You I should agree. be able to leave I strong. Agree. You should be able to go back right. and preach at this church right. later, yeah. go back and help with funerals or right. weddings, yeah. to however to support the people. Right. Because really, you should be loving them as you're loving God. Right. Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay. It's just kind of the golden rule. Yeah. How would you like to be treated if you're the new pastor of that church? Amen. And so treat the situation with respect. Hey, Bruce, thanks for your input. Appreciate the wisdom God's given you, the experience God's given you. So, again, thank you for listening to ReChurch. You can send any questions you like answered at gfamissions.org slash rechurch, or you're welcome to email me at mfantmfant at gfamissions.org. Also, I thank Bruce again. Thanks to Sarah Hartwig for putting all this together. And I hope you enjoy this episode of ReChurch. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. 
If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.